This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Okay, we're about to switch gears. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Okay, so we now turn to our trusted contributor from the OPA, pharmacist Jespreet Dhaliwal, who is here in studio. And as always, she's here to answer all of your questions, whatever they may be about medications and how to take them. But we're going to start by turning the tables just a little bit and talking about the questions that pharmacists wish you would be asking. And the reason they wish you would ask certain questions is because they would help patients take their medications as directed because, as we know, noncompliance in taking medications is a big problem. So uh, before we get to that wish list of questions, I'm going to give out the numbers again because you can ask what you want to ask. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Hi, Jaspreet. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. So what are some of the top questions you wish that people yeah, would be asking? Interesting topic, right? Yeah. Uh, for sure. So when I was looking at this, this uh, um, last week, I was considering, like me and the pharmacy, I, I obviously want my patients to be very well educated on their medication. So I want them to know, I want them to know that their medications will be working for them, what the indication is, why are they taking it in the first place, what problem is it trying to solve, um, how to take the medication, how to store the medication, uh, all of these things that, you know, are really centered on the medication working the most effectively in the body. I, I would be, I would want them to ask me those questions. But then the other part of me also was thinking, you know what, I'd really want patients to ask me what else I can do for them. Because pharmacists, we have an expanded scope of services, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can do that nobody really questions us on. For example, we can do medication reviews. We can do prescription adaptations. We can do prescription renewals. Uh, we can do travel vaccines. So I would love for patients to also ask about those things. So how, how can we truly ask act as a community hub for them? How can we truly act as a, as a resource for them when they have any health care needs? Um, you mentioned people asking you about the indications why they're taking the meds. Are, are there really people who, who don't know why they're taking their meds? Uh, I've certainly found that in my life. I've actually, when you do medication reviews, well, med a medication review is uh, basically uh, the meds check program is just covered by the ministry um, if for anybody who's taking three or more chronic medications. And I've done tons of them in my life. I've had patients who are taking blood pressure medications who believe it's for constipation. They uh -huh. had no idea that it was for a different indication altogether. So, yes, I would say that, they, especially when you're talking about patients who get prescriptions from, from multiple pharmacies mm -hmm. or patients who are taking more than 
a few medications, you know, my five, six medications, they certainly do get confused about the indication. Um, I guess uh, another thing that can be a problem is when you're taking something that's preventative, right. you know, whether it's keeping your blood pressure in check or whatever. So I, I know that it's, it's pretty easy to get to a spot where you think, I'm fine now. I don't need to take this anymore. And you just kind of maybe stop. Yeah, right. So that's why that's especially true for conditions like high blood pressure or diabetes, where people don't actually know what the repercussions are. They don't actually feel too many symptoms, really. Uh, and so our role, so I, I wish they would ask, if, if I have to, if I have, what I wish they would ask is, what would happen if I didn't take the medications? What would be the complications of this condition? And obviously, for things like blood pressure, we know there's stroke as a complication, you know, like your kidneys can get affected. And same thing with diabetes. There's multifactorial outcomes, that negative outcomes that can happen if patients aren't compliant with their medications. So yes, I would wish that they would ask those questions as well. But even making it simpler, like understanding why it is that they're having an issue taking the medications. What preconceived notions do they have? Like, do they believe? So a lot of the times I'll find that people just uh, don't believe in the concept of medications. They want to take natural products. Right. Right. That's one of my big pet peeves. We're, we're going to get to that yeah. in a second, but let's take a call from Gladdy. I hope you're, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Hello. Yes. Hi, Libby. I want to tell you first how much I enjoy 7.40 a.m. I have an well, thank you. Seven. That's great. I love anything tumors, even though I'm a little past that age. I'm in my 80s. Oh, okay, good. Uh, I, I have a Zoomers ZTE phone. Right. But recently, what I want to speak about is there's been a push by the media to get the flu shot. Yes. I phoned, and the government as well, yes. Yes, I phoned you about 10 days ago saying my pharmacist didn't have the vaccine. Right. Then I heard on a program on the radio... Uh, and it only came on once that there was a new flu vaccine coming soon. And I went to my pharmacist and I was told you only have two options. You can get the standard, which is about 50% effective, or you can get the high dose, which is about 24 more percent effective. But the high dose would cost me $97. Uh, but most most places charge seventy five for it. I so, think. yeah, I've heard around eighty eighty five. Yeah, standard Libby. Pardon, it's not a double standard. Uh, here's the thing: the stat the, the medications that are covered are on what's called a formulary from the government, and uh, they review these periodically. So right now the uh, standby standard vaccine is covered by the government. The high-dose vaccine, which is fairly new, is not covered by the government, and that's why there's a charge for it. And we have been discussing that on the show and I think making it really clear. Also, if you want the high-dose, which is for people over 65, you need to have a doctor's prescription for it. You can't just walk in and get it. Yes, so I can't get protected with that good protection unless I'm rich. Well, um, you you know what? You should get the standard flu vaccine if that's uh, your option. But um, uh, you know, there it's it, you know you can talk Maybe, to your I'm representative. Sorry, my dear, I hate to cut in on you, but it's a double standard. Do you know the government? They they um, they look at the public and they say, where can we get the most votes? 
okay, we'll let people get this uh, this vaccine for singles, but but only from sixty to seventy will we pay for sixty five to seventy. I had to pay a hundred dollars. No, I had to pay two hundred and five dollars to get that shot. Okay, and by the way, uh, on the subject of the shingles vaccine. There is a new shingles vaccine, which is more effective than the old one in the trials. And I don't know if that one is covered at all. Yeah, it hasn't actually come out yet. It's coming out next year. My understanding is it's it's going to be available next year. But it has it's been approved both in Canada and the United States. It's called Shingrix. And uh, in the trials, it is more effective than the one that's on the market now. Yeah, and the, yeah. we have heard that it is more effective. The only thing is that it is two doses that you would have to get versus the one dose. Um, and oftentimes with immunizations, what we find is getting the patient in front of us for that even that single injection is yeah. so difficult that the multiple and in, in a in a controlled trial, it would be easier to do that versus in real life, you know, where patients are busy and stuff. And, and certainly when it comes to the high-dose vaccine, I can provide some context as a pharmacist who's looking at it from a very clinical point of view. So I did do my due diligence and research on it from a very from a clinical point of view. Yes, it is more effective, but it's not at the point where we can say that it substantiates the claim that everybody should be getting high dose, I mean, seniors should be getting high dose versus the regular vaccine. So there, the regular vaccine is still very, very effective. Yes. And um, I, our last caller used 50%. I don't think that's Yeah, I think accurate. and it depends on the year, usually, yeah. right? And it's also, I think it's around 60%, yeah. generally speaking. But it also depends on the year. And also your risk factors, if you're older and you do get it, the complications that you would get from it would be much worse. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And, and just as a general rule of thumb, the government doesn't cover everything. Uh, the government has yeah. standards of how long the trials have to be and all of that. And also, uh, you know, frankly, money, whether it's worth it yep. to the government. And a lot of times people don't agree with the government's, uh, the government's uh, you know, decision. Like, for instance, especially why are they covering shingles for people 65 to 70 and not anybody under 65 or over 70? So uh, if you don't like a decision like that, get in touch with your yeah. MPP. That's that's how it's going to change because, uh, you know, Jess Breet and I, we can't change yeah, that. Well, I mean, we do do our part, like as at the OPA and stuff, we do do our advocacy piece, yes. you know, asking for changes to be made. But <laughs> So I'm sorry if I, if I, if I said, but, but that, that's a government decision. Uh, yeah. People do their advocacy, but, but people out there are like, you've got to do your part and let your representatives know what you want. Exactly. Um, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to take more of your calls and questions about medication. And uh, I, I cut Just Breed off a little bit, uh, and what she started talking about is that sometimes people have ideas, especially when it comes to what's natural, yes. that prevents them from taking their prescribed medication. So I'd like to know, uh, f- hear from people if you have certain ideas that are maybe preventing <laughs> you. Uh, and uh, also, we'll take all of your calls and questions about whatever it is you want to ask before we go to break. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we'll be right back. 
Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, Jasper Dollywall. We are taking your calls and questions about your medication, and we're also trying to get a few comments in about the questions we wish you would ask. The numbers to call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866 740 4740. And we've got Gail in Etobicoke. Hi, Gail. Hi, can you hear me okay, Libby? Yes, we sure can. That's great. Hello to you and your pharmacist uh, friend that you have with you. Uh, I was listening about the flu shot. I went to my doctor to get the flu shot. I'm a senior. My husband's a senior. Uh, he has the regular flu shot, no charge, no problem. But he has told me about another one, not flu zone. It's called flu ad, A-D, F-L-U-A-D. And it's $15. One five? No, anything about that. The, sorry, okay, so you, did you, the doctor said that the flu ad would be better? or Senior, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, so when it comes to the senior population, um, so anybody over 65 or so, we generally will say that a, um, we, like, so the, the ministry has picked out the vaccines that we think are most appropriate. So the trivalent types of vaccines, uh, there's the, and these are the only one that is really causing an issue this year is the flu flu zone high dose and that's really just because of the four times the concentration of the strain of the vaccine which right. will stimulate more of, of a response the flu ad is pretty similar to the other vaccines that are out there right now that are actually supported by the ministry so the flu ad is yeah. similar to the free vaccine. The, yeah. So I believe the flu ad might be, but it's a quad. I believe flu ad is a quadrivalent. So that just gets into the technicalities of the the, the different vaccines. But the ministry is reimbursing for a specific type of uh, vaccine in the senior population, which is a trivalent vaccine. They are only covering the quadrivalent vaccine in the younger population. So that's between 2 and 17, and that's because they believe they need that defense. There's an extra piece in there that's for coverage against uh, the strain B. Okay, I'm I'm a little lost with that. I am too. The flu ad, do you think she should spring for the flu ad or not? No, I think what's covered by the ministry. That's all it is. Yeah, Yeah, no, I think that what's covered. people over 65. Right. Yeah. No, I feel there's no reason to. Um, yeah, I think the one that's covered by the public is uh, pub- the ministry is completely fine for protection. Okay. Yeah. You really? Got- for, for seniors as well? They're, they're, they're if you want to this- spring for the high dose, that no, will No, I don't do- want the $80 one. I, okay, I, but so. You told me about the $15 one. Okay, for just seniors, be- I thought, oh, yeah, Okay, well, just Breed says she doesn't think that will yeah, make much of a difference. Yeah, I think they're equally effective. Yep. The- really? Yep. Okay, so I'll forget about the extra $15 one and just get the regular one, which is for anybody? 
Yep. Uh, yep. The regular tri uh, yeah, the regular vaccine, which is approved for adults and seniors, uh, that provides coverage. And again, every year is different, right? So every year we try our best to find uh, protection against the strains that have been circulating um, around the world. And so every year is just we're just trying to get some protection, but getting okay. even some protection is better than getting no protection. Of course. Protection. No, yeah, we yeah. always get this new vaccine, but when he told us this one was a, a better percentage for those people over 65, I thought, yeah, Pete, if it's $15, I'll do it. Okay, Gail, thanks for but your you're, call. You're saying, you're saying no. Yes, you're yes, saying that's saying? what she said. Yeah, they... Thanks for your call. Okay, so just to recap, Jaspreet says that um, there's not a big difference between the free vaccine and the $15 vaccine. Um, Okay, so, uh, and that is not the same as as the high dose that some people are electing to take, but that one uh, costs $75 or a little more depending on where you get it. Yeah, it's quite confusing. This is the first time I'm hearing about the $15 flu ad, and um, I, I, I think there was some communication this year about the two different types of vaccines and either one could be used in seniors. This is not talking about flu zone high dose at all, but I'm talking yep. about right now. Uh, but what the ministry is covering is perfectly fine. Okay. Got it. Let's go to Chris in St. Catharines. Hi, Chris. Hi there, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm good. Um, I just have a question. I take a few herbal medications and so does my husband and like a sleeping pill, you would obviously take at bedtime. Um, what about your herbal medicines? Um, at what time would you take it? <laughs> what what uh, are the herbal yeah, medicines but... that you take? Um, omega, uh, not the omega, the uh, flaxseed with 369 in it. Okay. Um, what else do I, and uh, just a multiple vitamin. Okay. And vitamin C, obviously, and I think that would probably be taken in the morning. But yeah. the rest, I'm really not sure when they should be taken. Okay, so when it comes to any type of medication, uh, mostly what we say the most important thing is just consistency. Sometimes we say that there's specific times of the day that we would like you to take that medication. Um, for example, in s- seniors, when they're taking medications for bone and osteoporosis, we would like them to take it first thing in the morning, once a week. Uh, when it's for cholesterol, certain types of cholesterol medications, we would like them to take it at night. Same thing with blood pressure medications. Uh, if you've been taking a medication a certain way for a very long period of time, we actually ask that you don't change it too much because then your body is pretty much used to the way you're taking it. Um, the, uh, the only thing with um, herbals or certain medications is if it affects your day to day. Like if you took, uh, let's just say, something like a stimulant, like an OTC, over-the-counter stimulant, like a cough and cold medication, which is non-herbal, but that's just using as an example. If you took it at night, that's going to keep you up, right? So obviously ask a pharmacist, you know, how will this affect me in my day? Um, Also, some blood pressure medications, for example, make you go to the washroom more often. So the last thing you want to do is take it at night. From the ones you listed that you're taking, I don't really see any specific need to take it at any 
specific time of day, I would just take it consistently, continue taking it the way you have. Make sure you tell your pharmacist you're on these um, herbal supplements as well as your physician as well. And some herbal drugs herbal supplements can interact with certain things of course, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I, t- when I talk to patients about herbals and naturals, I often give the example of, you know, opioids and morphine and, you know, like at, at one point those were considered to be natural forms of medication as well. So you have to consider that, you know, Everything that gets goes into your body has an effect, um, and with effects, you get side effects, and you get beneficial effects, right? It kind of goes hand in hand, and herbals definitely will can cause interactions. Um, pharmacists have really good resources available to now, I mean, in contrast to when I first graduated, to actually figure out whether or not there is evidence to use the specific herbal you have. So please go and ask your pharmacist that question to look up the herbal that you're interested in and whether or not it actually has proven to be beneficial. Okay, Chris. Okay, thank you very much. You're very Have welcome. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, there's always a lot to consider. I think that a lot of times when people uh, take something that is, and I put this in my little quotes here, natural, they think that means it's completely benign and they, yeah. they don't really check. Yeah, I mean, I I can even just give the example of my parents, right? And sometimes these thought processes come from different cultures as well, right? Like you just believe that taking some doing something naturally is going to be more effective for you, and they will avoid taking medications as long as they possibly can. And it's a cultural. I can see a cultural piece to it. But, so what what do your parents take, or what did they avoid? Uh, well, my parents, uh, I mean, they were hard believers that they actually suffered from cholesterol or blood pressure conditions for a very long period of time they actually didn't believe they had any issues um they they try to uh, i mean modifying diet and exercise is one part of it but they try old indian remedies that you know have homeopathic types of thing which which really has no evidence <laughs> at this point homeo like homeopathy i'm not talking about naturals now i'm talking homeopathy homeopathy yeah. is is uh okay i'm gonna go out on a limb bunk yeah yeah it's a yeah so i mean the whole concept of it is counterintuitive to how pharmacists think right so we have that element as well of uh patients coming to us with those questions and um, I actually had a family member who passed away from cancer because they actually turned to homeopathy versus taking regular medications. Oh dear, that's um, terrible. Oncology medications, yeah. So I mean it is a cultural thing I find um, as well as just you know I I, I don't believe this is actually happening to me and I, I can fix it naturally but the medications are there to help. These are, you know, these medications have been studied and trialed and they are truly very, very effective um, they wouldn't be on the market if they weren't. Um, and just like a, a, a prescription medication can have a side effect, a herbal medication can most definitely have a side effect. The, the, the most common example would be something like St. John's wort, oh. which is a perfect example of how many – that medication – uh, as a natural, has probably as many side effects as a antidepressant that you would get by prescription. Okay. Uh, just pre thank you so much for that. That is all the time we have for Fight thank Back. Thank you. For today, thanks to our trusted contributor, Jaspreet Dollywall. Uh, and we now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.